Welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple, to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So come on over into our world. I know you'll like it, because on today's show... Oh, it's going to be all about um, love. And we've got a couple of really fun people that are going to be on the show today. I, I hope you'll stay for the entire time. One is my co-host for today. Her name is uh, Dana Parker. And we're hoping that your sound is better, Dana. And Dana's frozen. <laughs> oh, there she is. Dana, can you hear me? Okay. Well, in the, we'll, we'll kind of wait for Dana to uh, to get the stuff together. And in the, in the meantime... Um, We've got a great guest for you today. First of all, Nathan, how you doing? How, how I'm you? doing good. Hey, uh, Friday the 13th was two weeks ago. I thought we were over and done with that. I did too, but maybe Mercury's in retrograde or something. I Something don't like that. There's always something going on there. Okay. Yes, she, she thinks she's got it now, so let's go ahead and bring her back yeah, can on. You guys, can you hear me? Yes, we yes, hear you. We can Perfect. Hear you <laughs> we can hear you now. And... Uh, um today's show is all about love dana and uh uh kim sorrell i believe i said that correctly did i say that correctly uh nathan i believe so you're unless there's like some weird uh spanish thing going on it would be like Soreye. <laughs> <laughs> kim is is uh kim sorrell correct sorrell's perfect you are an author you are a speaker you have traveled the world looking for love in all the wrong places like Haiti and uh, in other places. And uh, your story is really interesting. And uh, and you've been on Fox News. You've been on uh, ABC, NBC, uh, the Susan G. Komen. Uh, you've worked with them. You've worked with all kinds of folks because you, your life is different today than it was because at one time, um, not only did you have a breast cancer, your husband had pancreatic cancer and he passed away. Um, so you've been on a search, as it were, for love. And that's one of my one of my favorite things, because my, the gospel, according to John Lennon, says all you need is love. Amen to John Lennon. I love that line. Yes, indeed. So um, it's, it's great to have you both here, ladies and uh um, I'm looking forward to a, a fabulous discussion. So, and Dana, Dana is uh, um, inner world movement is is her um, uh, um, website, and she is uh, actually she is my coach. As a matter of fact, I, everybody got to have one, and I got one. So, so, but uh, Kim, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing great, Kevin. Thank you so much, Dana. Nice to see you. You too. Thanks, Kim. It's great to have you here, and you have spent your life after after the events, the health events that, that happened to you, you've spent the rest of your time trying to figure out and understand and kind of develop a philosophy around love. Am I correct in that? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, my, my husband and I were diagnosed just four months apart, and he passed away six weeks after his diagnosis, and it just... Did. It made me question some things. And the real meaning of love is one of those. There seems to be this mystery 
right? I mean, you put 10 people in a room, you're going to get 10 different answers. <laughs> so I wanted to figure out what is it really? That is, um, I think that is one of the questions of, of the day uh, in our time is what is love? What does it mean? Um, how do you exercise it? How do you know you have it? And if you don't have it, how do you go get it? And we're going we're gonna to work to answer all of those questions today, aren't we? Yes, absolutely. Fire away and I'm ready for you. Very good. Dana, first of all, welcome to the show. How are you, kid? Thanks, Kev. I'm excited to be here. I love being here. I love learning from people. I love hearing stories. So I'm always happy to be here. And did you have any questions to start off with for uh, Kim? Oh, I'm just fascinated about your journey and what you found. And, you know, because I, like you, have had, uh, you know, I, I went through a divorce uh, within the last five years. And I have thought that same question of it seems like everyone that I talk to has this different idea of what when we talk about love. Everyone's thinking something different. And that's been a fascinating thing in the last several years for me. Fascinating question that that I'm interested in learning more about from you. Yeah. Well, great, because I've got answers for you. And sorry about your divorce. You know, some people think you grieve only if somebody dies, but you grieve. You're the loss of your marriage. You grieve in a divorce. It's a tough thing to go through. Yeah. Even if you call it, it's still a grieving process to have any type of breakup. Even if you weren't officially married, but you just were with somebody long term, that's a grieving process that I think all of us uh, get to really acknowledge. And, and thank you for that. I appreciate it. I'm just curious because I've I wanted to ask several people this question. And so I'm going to ask you because you're one that would know um, is when you get a divorce from somebody that you um, obviously have cared, cared a great deal about and loved for a long period of time, maybe, is that different than losing somebody who passes away? Because passing away is a little bit more final. But and they're not walking around anymore. But the when you get divorced, the other person is still walking around. Um, does is there a difference in in those two scenarios? I think there's a difference in all grief. You know, mm -hmm. somebody a few years ago wrote a book, and these are the stages of grief, and this is what you go through. <laughs> and not everybody goes through those stages, and I sure mm -hmm. didn't go through them all, and I didn't go through them in order, and I thought I was doing something wrong. But everybody's grief is their own. So comparing grief doesn't really make a lot of sense. You know, there's people that think, oh, my grief is so much greater than yours. Oh, my word, what I've been through. And that's just not true because you're not in the other person's position. You're not there to say that their grief is better or worse than yours. It's grief and it's your own. <laughs> Why is it that some people want to compare <laughs> their grief to somebody else's grief like it's some sort of a badge of honor? It's like, I'm hurting a lot more than you are. And, and <laughs> when isn't that a bit judgmental? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we're told to just love each other. It's really your only job. Leave judgment in the trash can. Like there should be no judgment. Nobody's walked in your shoes but you. And you've not walked in somebody else's shoes. So you don't know what's happened. And every day we live leads us to today. Mm -hmm. And so the things that have happened in our past, what we've seen, what we've been taught, what we know to be true, what we think is true, that makes us who we are. And nobody is the same. There are no two people the same. 
So no judgment. Let people be who they believe they're created to be and live the life they believe they're created to live and grieve the way they grieve. Yeah, I think too, an observation of people who feel like they have to put down other people's grief in order um, to, to make themselves feel okay grieving. It's a way of, it's actually their own way of trying to justify that it's okay that they grieve that their, their pain is worse. And so then what it really comes down to is, is if that is a reaction that you're having, you really just need to give yourself permission that you have permission to grieve and other people do too in their own way. Don't you think, Kim? Absolutely. And I love that you use the word permission yeah. because I think sometimes too, people need permission to get on top of grief. Mm -hmm. I never say get over it because you don't get over it right? Mm -hmm. You lived with your partner for however many years you were together. That yeah. will always be part of who you are. Yeah. That doesn't go away. You don't get yeah. over it, but you can get on top of it. So that deep, dark depression that you can get into with grief, it's okay to get on top of it. it mm. I think that the best way I can honor my husband is to live the fullest life I can live. And I think there's some people who are afraid to laugh again, afraid to really live again, because somehow it's dishonoring. Somehow it's saying, well, I really don't miss you that much. Well, mm -hmm. I think the opposite is true. It's okay to laugh again. It's mm -hmm. okay to get, get on top of grief. Yeah. What was it like for you? I, I First of all, I can't imagine that you had your own health challenges and you had probably by this time come up with a plan uh, of how you were going to deal with uh, your own cancer. And then you find out that your husband has got um, pancreatic cancer, which as you and I both know is almost always terminal in a short period of time. Didn't at what point did you, at what point did you look over the sky and say, all right, why are you doing this to me? What did I do to deserve this? <laughs> it's so funny that you say that, Kevin, because people would say that to me. Why you? Why you? You do good things. You're a nice person. You help <laughs> other people. You know, why you? And I just don't believe that there's a God in heaven who smites people, who says, you stole that pack of gum when you were in sixth grade. So when you're 47, you're getting breast cancer and your husband's going to die. I just mm -hmm. don't think it happens that way. And so my answer to why not you was always, well, or why you was, why not me? Why, mm -hmm. why would I be immune? You know, mm -hmm. there's disease in the world that nobody is immune from it. You, you hope you never have to hear that word. You hope you never have to deal with it, but it, it's random. I mean, random sort of, you know, there's genetics involved and different things involved, but but you, you just don't know. I think for everyone, it comes as a surprise. Mm -hmm. So so why not me? For sure. Yeah. yeah. Wow. But then it set you it set you on a path of finding out what what was the thought process that you went through when you came out the other side, your husband was gone at this point, and you said to yourself, I'm going to go in search of love, and I'm going to go find out what it really means. What was your thought process behind that? Because a lot of people would just hide in their bedroom or, or in their closet and say, woe is me. You made a different decision. What was that decision based on? Any ideas? Yes. Well, a couple different things. 
but I wanted to make sure that I was living the rest of my days, however many I had, that I was really living them right. And I think love is the glue. Love is the center of everything. So if I'm living love right, then I should be living my life right. So I decided I was going to take a year and go on this journey. And so I took a 2,000-year-old poem, Love is Patient, Love is Kind, Does Not Envy, Does Not Boast. You hear it at every wedding and your eyes glaze over, right? <laughs> and I decided I would take one word or phrase a month and figure out what is love that is patient? What is love that is kind? And the things that I found out, the first thing I found out is there are 14 is's and isn'ts of love in that poem. So it took me a little longer than a year. The second thing I found out is if you put love is or love is not in front of any word, it changes the meaning. Say that again. If you put love is or love is not in front of any word, it totally changes the meaning. Can you get an word. example of that? I'd love to hear yeah. an example. Sure. Absolutely. The first month right out of the gate, love is patient. And I thought, well, this will be a breeze. You know, I know what patience is. You know what patience is. You know, you're not mad because your three-year-old can't find his shoes or you're stuck in traffic, you know, and you want to honk your horn, whatever. That's patience to, to stay cool in those situations. But love that is patient is different than that. Love that is patient would say to, first of all, love everybody, love whoever it is that you're with, whoever it is. And you love them to the point that you know that this moment right here, right now is the most important moment of your life. What's in the past is in the past and what's in the future is yet to come. This is the moment. And so with that, then, if this is the most important moment of your life, you're going to give all you have to this moment. And I, I'll tell you, to be honest, I sucked at this. I, I was so bad because I would be in conversation with somebody and be thinking about what I'm going to have for dinner and who I got to pick up from soccer practice or a meeting I had later, whatever it was. And I wasn't fully present. I wasn't there. I wasn't loving with love that is patient. I was just there. And then I was making assumptions about what somebody was going to say based on what I knew about them or some label I put on them. Love doesn't label, but, but I did put labels on people. So I thought, well, that's what they're going to say. You know, you just make these assumptions in your head. But when I stopped and I practiced this and I really listened and I was fully there, I heard things I never would have heard. Mm. It, it makes for an entirely different conversation. Wow. When you are actually really listening to someone, mm -hmm. Um, you're watching their body language. You're actually listening to what they're saying without, because I see this all the time. People will create a uh, scenario over what they think they're about to hear, mm -hmm. which may or may not be true, but they think that that's, that is true, but it's not mm -hmm. uh, because they're not listening. And so yeah. listening is, is an art form all unto mm -hmm. itself. It really mm -hmm. is. Absolutely. And don't you have your rebuttal ready? Right. Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes it can be easy. You're with somebody and you, you think they, you know, what path they're going down with the way they started a sentence or whatever. And so you're formulating what you're going to say next. Well, if you're thinking about that, then you're not listening. Mm -hmm. So leave that until after they're done talking. And sometimes you find you don't need to talk. Mm -hmm. You just need to listen. Yeah. 
<laughs> being a being a media guy, being in radio, dead air is not something that you want to have. <laughs> in a real conversation, silence can be golden, can't it? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It can mean more than than any words that you can say. Mm-hmm. Just sitting with somebody and being there for them, um, mm-hmm. I think is a, is one of the highest acts of love. What do you think? I love that. I don't know that I've ever heard anybody say that, but I think that's absolutely true. To take all the pressure away of having to have a conversation and just be together, be there for somebody, be present. And if they want to talk, great. But if they just need you there, that, that you're absolutely right, Kevin. I love that. That is such a great act of love. Gee, Dana, I got one. What do you think? That's really good. <laughs> My mind's just going wild with all the possibilities and how I've seen that and the importance of that really being, I've never heard of love as patient in that way or being really patient with, with somebody else's experience. And, and I think there's so much value. I mean, to what you're saying, Kim, so much value to being with somebody and just witnessing their experience without having to defend or fix it or, you know, there's something so powerful about that. And at the end of the day, don't you think that's what we all really want? Just to be yeah, witnessed. Absolutely. We we yeah. want to be heard, right? Yes. Witness and heard. Yeah. And, and being heard leads to other things. You know, yeah. whatever it leads to, it leads to, but it, it does lead to other things. It's the beginning yeah. of a, a beautiful, I think, beautiful space when you can do that for each other. And sometimes this is one of my questions. What do you recommend to somebody? I guess what's my question? One of the things that I've noticed is sometimes when I feel really hurt in a situation with somebody, I, I know that my hurt can get in the way of really hearing them. And so sometimes I really do need to take that time. And when somebody's like, okay, I'm ready to talk about this. I'm like, well, I can't be there for you in this moment because I'm still moving through my own hurt. So I need a little bit more time. I do that sometimes because I want the ability and it's like this feeling inside. I want the ability to fully be present and hear them. But if I'm stuck in all of my hurt, it gets in the way. It, it, It blocks me from really hearing them and seeing the experience from their point of view, you know, and, and so I, I think my question is, what do you recommend to people who, who maybe are, are going through that and, and have experienced so much hurt and maybe they're in a relationship where it's a, a one-sided, where they're good at listening, but maybe they're having a hard time having their partner hear them. Uh, well, that's a couple few different questions in there, I think, all at the same time. <laughs> but I think it's genius to say, I can't talk right now. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're working through something with somebody in particular and they want to talk it out, if you're not ready to talk it out, there's nothing wrong with saying, give me some time. You know, I'll come back to you. And then the other person should respect that. Mm-hmm. And go, okay, well, mm-hmm. that's what you need. That's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, there are times when you walk away from, from what you think is love. But there are so many things that are done in the name of love and said in the name of love that are not love at all. And when you're in a relationship that is abusive, mm-hmm. you know, uh, one-sided in such a way that 
that you have to please the other person, you're being emotionally abused, run, run. Mm -hmm. Love mm -hmm. would not say stay. Mm -hmm. Love would say the best thing you can do for that person is walk away mm -hmm. because you staying means that they're going to stay in this behavior. They're going to mm -hmm. stay in this place that they're in. Mm -hmm. Walking away, you give them space. You give mm -hmm. them space to change. So mm -hmm. you can still, you can love from afar. You don't have to be sitting right next to somebody to love them. Yeah. I love isn't, that. Isn't it true that sometimes it's important to say, I love you and go away? I yeah, love you and I need space. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The love doesn't go away. I mean, it's not like you uh you go to work and so then you don't love who you left at home. Mm -hmm. you, you still love everybody. Mm -hmm. So just yes, love. And now I'm walking away. Absolutely. Yes. And by the way, we're talking with Kim Sorrell, and uh, you can go to her website, which is Kim Sorrell, oddly enough, dot com. And she's got all kinds of information there. And you can pick up uh, her book and uh, um, and book her to be a speaker. Um, she travels around the world doing that and uh, and all kinds of stuff there. And she's also a love. What? <laughs> I, I say it, you know, a love coach, but what exactly is a love coach? Do you help people understand the different types of love that there are? Or because there seems to be a lot of them. Uh, there's romantic love. There's, I don't know. Uh, uh, Friendship love. There is that. love. Yeah. You know, this is, this is how I see love now that I've done this. I, I went through the 14 months of it intensely and then living it, working to live it. And love is not, it's not an emotion. You know how you watch a scary movie and then that night you go to bed and you have every creak, every bump, and you're scared all night long, but the next night is better, right? So that's fear. Fear is an emotion, but you don't live in that. You don't live in that. You live in love. Love is not an emotion. Love is who you are. Love is walking, talking, living, breathing, giving. It, it is who you are. How you decide to live love is up to you. How you decide to give it and live it is totally up to you. But you are love. You, you are love. It, it is full embodiment. And so it, it's something that sometimes you think, well, it must be different with a, with a partner than it is with a child. The way you feel about somebody. I mean, you're not going to sleep with your kid. I mean, that was, you know, whatever. I mean, there, there's different things you do in different relationships, mm -hmm. but the love is there. And certainly mm -hmm. there are going to be people that you have stronger emotions for mm -hmm. because there's also this emotional part uh, that we call love that that's really this, you know, it, it can start as infatuation. It can turn into something more than that, but it walks hand in hand with love. And so there can be different things that people call different loves that way, but really love, love is who you are. Dana. That's beautiful. I love that. I, I love the, the choosing which way to live your love and choosing that wisely. I think that's beautiful. 
being aware of that. Just because you feel a certain way doesn't mean you do certain things. That to me has been a beautiful thing too, as I have met so many different people over so many different years. And that beautiful reminder of there's nothing wrong with that feeling. And what you said, it is us. It is our essence. That's so beautiful. And allowing that to just be present and then choosing to be in alignment with what that means to you and how you show up in that. Yeah. Well, and I think too, to go with that, Dana, which what you just said was beautiful. I love the way you put it. It was really nice. And it just prompted something in me that one of the things that we think is that, that we give love to get love. Like we have this expectation right? That love is, if we love, certainly love is going to come back our way. Mm -hmm. But the reality is you don't control anybody. Mm -mm. And you know how when you have a baby, I don't know if you guys have kids, but when you have a baby, you bring the baby home, you have total control, right? You decide when the baby eats, you decide when the baby has a bath, you decide when the baby goes down for a nap. But six, seven, eight months later, (laughs) All of your pots and pans are all over the kitchen floor. And so is your Tupperware. You realize you have lost all control. And I promise you, you will never get it back again. So you only control yourself. Mm. So if you give love to get love, you are setting yourself up for loneliness and for heartache. Our Mm. expectations, when we put our expectations on somebody else, that's so unfair because Mm -hmm. we don't have control. We have no control. Love mm-hmm. is cool and special mm-hmm. in this way that that it typically does come back to you, but it might not come back the way you think it should. Mm-hmm. And just realize you don't control it. Yeah. What would you see are some of the signs that you're giving love to receive love? To I would love? think if you're upset and disappointed, <laughs> if you get mad over little things, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of times that's a sign. Yeah. Or if when you're in an argument, all of a sudden everything else comes out, right? You start with, mm-hmm. I can't believe you walked in with muddy shoes. I can't believe you did that. And that turns into, and last week you did, and two months ago. And remember that time three years <laughs> ago when you did, right? Well, then you're expecting certain things from this that somebody you're expecting love to come at you in a, in a different way because of what you're placing on them. When instead, you know, love would say the past is in the past. Let it go. Mm-hmm. Let it go. Today mm-hmm. is a different day. Mm-hmm. And we should all give each other the grace to change. I've often thought, you know, there's all these books on how to raise a toddler and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, whatever, a teenager, a tween. But there should be a book for how to get through your 20s and a book for your 30s and your 40s, right? Yes. Yeah, because we all grow and change. true. And so we need to give each other the grace to do that. Mm, And part of that that. is you love a different way. Yes. Right? And you start looking at love a little bit different. This reminds me of something that changed my life. I I was having lunch with a friend. And we both had had these big, we both grew up in a very structured, uh, very staunch religion. And we both left and we were talking and she was talking to me about this experience with her mom, how her mom continually shares these scriptures with her all the time. And her response now is, mom, thank you for doing your best to love me. And it changed me. It changed me profoundly because I started to see 
all the areas that I was showing up and being like, that's not love. My mom sharing a scripture with me. No, no, no. That's, that is like my mom's best version at times is for her to share her thoughts and feelings about things with me. And who am I to say, no, 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 that's not love, mom. She's doing her best and she's expressing that. And I'm missing that when I put my own expectations on my mom of what's love and what isn't. And it doesn't mean we can't show up and say, hey, we want to be treated with respect and love. And that's fine. I feel, I do feel respected and loved by my parents, definitely. But in those moments when they're sharing love in a respectful way to the best of their ability, like that's an opportunity to receive. You can still receive that, that sensational experience of, oh, this is, this is the best version right here. Is she's just doing her best? And it changed. It changed me in so many ways just to see uh, my parents and my experience differently. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad to hear that. Like that is such a cool thing. And anybody who's hearing that, Dana, that's so profound. Yeah. Yeah. That is life-changing. Yeah. And because we're missing out. Like, yeah, exactly. All of us on these right, experiences right. where uh, those around us are, are doing their very best to show and give that love. And we're missing out because of bitterness or hurt or hatred or whatever it is. When we could be filled with it anytime, any day, we could be experiencing it within ourselves through everything around us. Right. And I think that's what you're, that's what I'm getting at from what you're sharing with me, Kim, is like yeah. that reminder back to everything can mirror love to me if I see it, if yes. I'm open to receive it. Oh my gosh. You should be sitting in my chair. No, I, I you're really. doing great. You're sparking oh, this in me. So it's beautiful. It's a beautiful exchange. Yes. She's, yeah. She's reflecting back to you what you are saying. Yes, which, exactly. Which is really important. By the way, we need to take a break. We're talking with Kim Sorrell and uh, with Dana Parker. When we come back, I want to ask Kim the hardest question that, that uh, I can think of, which is, can you give us some tips, some thoughts, some ideas on how you can wake up every day and decide, because I believe it's a decision, that you're going to love everyone you come in contact with that day. Mm -hmm. And if you can help us figure that out, I think you can make the world a better place, which I know is your mission. <laughs> you're listening to Positive Talk Radio on KKNW 1150 AM. We'll be right back after these messages. Do you need to boost your sales? Join our partnership program. Each quarter, we promote 10 partner businesses. What will you get? The company will produce one 30-second video for your business. Your website links on positivetalkradio.net and kmmedia.pro. One dedicated podcast or radio show per month. One video Instagram reel. One YouTube short one 60-second clip for social media taken from your interview, and at least one commercial airplay per show. All podcast and video commercials are within the fabric of the show and will remain in the show forever. Visit kmmedia.pro to book a consultation today. When you want to say more than words communicate, you can with flowers. Your custom boutique floral studio in Bothell, Washington is anaturaldesign.com, connecting you to nature through the language of flowers. Where your people are is where our flowers are beautiful. Your success is our goal. For being our appreciated listener, you can use promo code PTR20 at checkout to receive 20% off your order. A 
naturaldesign.com at your fingertips today. We believe in the power of telling your stories. We want to help yours be seen and heard. At the Pacific Northwest Collaborative Magazine, our purpose is to connect you to your community. Let's begin by celebrating the accomplishments of local artists featured in this brand new digital magazine. Here, you can learn about opportunities to creatively come together and support our local community and neighbors through the gift of art and service. If your business or organization would like to take part in this magazine, message us on Instagram at pnw.collab. You can download our free digital magazine at KM Media Pro today. Thank you to our dedicated fans. We are updating our live on-air schedule to make it super easy for you to hang out with us five days a week, Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We broadcast on YouTube, Facebook, and live on Fridays with Kixie 880 AM Seattle Live. You can find our library to binge all the podcast platforms. We can't wait to see you at 3 p.m. Monday through Friday, starting September 4th, Labor Day 2023. And welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. If I could hit the right button, it'd be helpful. Uh, but, you know, that's, that's, well, that's what happens in life. But uh, a couple things. First of all, if you are sitting there listening to this conversation and saying, boy, I really wish my sister could listen to this or my sister-in-law or my mom. That would be really good if they could listen to the, the uh, words that are coming out because they're really profound. Well, you can. All you got to do is go to my my independent or blech, positive talk radio on the YouTube channel, and this will be live the moment this show ends. Or you could go to positivetalkradio.net and listen to the podcast later on, and you can do that forever because Kim and Dana and I aren't going to get any older there. We're going to be the same there in 10 years than we are today. And but this is a very, very important conversation. And, and Kim, I wanted to ask you, I believe that that love can be a decision that you a conscious decision that you make on a daily basis. How can you give us some tips on how to wake up and instead of going, oh, crap, it's Monday, I got to go to work. If you could give us some tips on how to approach life from a loving, meaningful way every day so that you can live your best one. Yes, well, you're so right. You know, that's one of loves things is it is a choice you get you do get to choose how, how you love and when you love and what you love and who you love and you get to decide how you're going to live it after my husband died i was really thinking about things and i thought you know uh there are a few things you never get a choice about right i wouldn't choose cancer I wouldn't choose to lose my husband. You know, we should have been those 95-year-old people on rockers in the front porch sipping lemonade and smiling at each other or whatever it is 95-year-olds do on the front porch. <laughs> and so to be 47 years old and alone, that I wouldn't choose that. But you do get to choose joy. You get to choose joy. If, if you want to live in joy, you pick it. Yep, you have control over that. You get to choose love how you live in love. You get to choose it. And so every morning, and, and you get to choose it wherever you are. The minute we start letting other people decide how we feel about things, the minute we start letting other people 
decide how we react to things, we're in trouble. You're, you're going to be disappointed. You're not going to like your job. If instead you got up in the morning and you said, wow, I got a job. They give me money. I can go to this job. I don't work 24 hours a day. They only make me be there for this many hours. And, and then they pay me and I've got benefits. I got a job. That's a good thing. If you try to look at things in a positive way and don't be part of the whatever negative is going on, be part of the change of the culture. Come, mm -hmm. come in with an attitude that's going to brighten everybody's day. You know, try to try to be the light. But if you go in and people are down and then they're mumbling and they're complaining, you don't have to listen to that. You don't have to give it a space in your head. It can go in one ear and out the other. But if you hang on to that, yeah, you're going to be depressed. Yeah, you're going to be mad. You got to go to this job. Well, well, don't. And then if you hate it, find a new one because there's other jobs out there. So if this one, for whatever reason, isn't working for you, get your resume together and look and see what is. And if you don't find anything else, then learn how to be happy where you are. Then be extra grateful that you have a job and you're getting a paycheck. Dana? Yeah, one of the things that I often tell people, if you don't like where you're at right now, like a job, write down all the things you don't like and then flip it. What's the opposite of that? And then you start getting really clear on what you do want. And the more clear you get on what you do want, the more the universe and the things can come together, the more you can communicate it properly, the more you can talk to people, the more you can be connected to the right time and place to have those things. So we're so, we really are good, Kim, huh? And in, in this world about identifying all the things we don't like and we don't want in our life. And so really we can utilize that to our benefit if we want. Yes, absolutely. Well yeah. said. Yeah, because it's not like you go to work and then you hang love up in the closet, right? <laughs> I mean, it doesn't somehow come off of you. It doesn't shower away, right? Not in a yeah. rainstorm, not in anything. It, it is who you are. So use that love at work as well. I mean, be, be who you're designed to be. Be who you're created to be. Don't let other people tell you who you're created to be. You're the only one that knows. You're the only one that knows. And we can get stuck in a rut, right? Like my daughter and her ex-husband, ex-husband, I say that with a smile on my face. That's so rotten, isn't it? I'm so sorry. But uh, they, they bark at each other. Mm -hmm. They would just bark at each other. And that's how they communicated. Mm -hmm. And it's because it became habit. Mm -hmm. And those kind of things can become habit. We're yeah. always complaining about the job. That can become habit. Complaining about mm -hmm. your life, that's a habit. Mm -hmm. And habits can be broken. Mm -hmm. So figure it out, you know, get a gratitude journal or make sure that you have lots of gratitude, get a love journal, write down all the good things. The more you're, you sit in the good things, the more you're on the positive side, the more positive comes your way. Like you said, Dana. So mm -hmm. live in the positive. Mm -hmm. I have actual living proof of that. Uh, one of, one of the things that, uh, in my life mission has been to drive a Metro bus in Seattle for 12 years. And I discovered that because I could have as many as a hundred people on my bus at any given time, that they responded to my positivity 
and or negativity with equal enthusiasm, regardless of what I showed. So if I showed positivity, every the bus was a different place. Mm. It was a lot more positive. We don't recognize, now I'd love your opinion, Kim, do we recognize how much power we have over our environment to create a positive place to be? I think often not. I, I love what you said. I mean, my word, you go into the bus and the driver is happy and joyful. <laughs> Man, you're going to have a great day, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's sort of like um, two people getting stuck in a traffic jam. And one guy is so mad. He's got places to go and he's just angry and he's honking his horn. He's pounding on the steering wheel. He's yelling out the window and he, his blood pressure is rising. And whoever he's going to see next, I pity them because he's going <laughs> to come in hot, right? He's going to yeah. come in that way. The guy in the next car is all mellow and saying, you know, there's nothing I can do about it. So I think I'll turn on this great positive talk radio show. Mm -hmm. And just sit there and chill. Whoever he sees next, they're going to be happy because he's happy. And so it's the same scenario, two completely different choices, how to respond to it. Mm. So we, we pick our response. Mm. We, we choose how we see things. We choose the, the, the narrative. We, we choose it. Yeah. You know, it's so easy. And now in this world of texting, Right. We don't see body language. We don't see. Are they smiling? Are they joking? Are they mad? Are they what? And things are misinterpreted and whatever. And uh, look at the positive. Don't don't take things negatively, you know, or, or don't be chatting with that person, I guess. But we get to pick the scenario. We, we get to pick it. We get to pick mm -hmm. the narrative, the feel, how a conversation feels. And if you pick the positive and the love side of things and you just pour out love, it really only takes one person to change a relationship. It takes one person. I had this thing years ago with my husband. I'm doing all the talking. I'm sorry. You guys are so I great. love this. This is great, Kim. It's great. That's why you're here, my friend. Yeah, go there. So a few years ago, several years ago, I had little kids running around and I felt like I was doing everything. I was changing every diaper. I was doing all the laundry. I was making dinner every night. I was cleaning every bathroom and every toilet. I felt like I was doing everything. My husband would come home from work and maybe lay on the couch for a few minutes. And then I'd say, well, dinner's ready. He'd come to the table and eat. Then he'd go back to the couch and channel surf or take a nap or whatever it was. And I started looking at him, not as my husband, but just as a paycheck. And I'm thinking, oh. he's just one more person to take care of. And why do I want to do his laundry? You know, why am I doing this? I'd be just as well off without him. You know, I can figure out money, but I'm getting nothing from him. I was so upset thinking, this guy's really letting me down. Mm -hmm. But I grew up in a home where my parents had a horrible relationship mm -hmm. and I was determined to never be that, be in a bad relationship. I, I wanted to respect whoever it was that I was with enough and love them the right way. And so I decided that I want a great relationship. So I decided I was going to do everything I can to make him happy, everything I can. And I didn't put a time limit on it. I didn't say, I'm going to do this for two weeks. And if he doesn't respond, he's out of here. I didn't 
put any expectation on it at all. That's a great example of giving to get, huh? Right there. Right. I'm giving this in order to get something right there. Right. That's so right. good. Okay, keep going. Yeah. Yeah. So I would write a little note, you know, before work, or I would pick up his favorite treat at the grocery store and make his favorite dinners. And two major things happened. One is the guy couldn't help but respond because <laughs> I was pouring so much love into him that he, he loved it. You know, this is a changed relationship, but he liked this relationship, not the old one. He liked this one where love was just poured into him. But more so, I changed. My attitude toward him changed. How I looked at him, he was no longer a paycheck. He was this tall, handsome, wonderful man. Like everything in me changed because I was doing this. And our whole relationship changed from, from that moment on. Wow. We get to make a choice. There's just <clears throat> that old story. I don't know if you've heard about it. Um, this guy's talking to his friend. First of all, his wife is very upset because she's always cleaning up after him. Always, mm -hmm. always cleaning up after him. And, and he's not taking care of himself. And uh, so he's talking to a friend. And his friend picks up something they, that was on the coffee table because they've been eating snacks. And he was going to take it to the kitchen. He said, no, you don't have to do that. I said, well, what do you mean? He said, because, oh, it this is a magic uh, coffee table. Said, a magic coffee table? <laughs> yeah, it's like every time I leave stuff here and go to bed, the next day it's gone. It is amazing how this coffee table is able, It, it just the stuff just disappears. And his wife is in the background going, Oh man, what a what a piece of work! <laughs> because she's doing everything that she can to take care of him, and he doesn't even recognize it. So, and my advice to the fellows out there: two things. I wanted uh, out of this conversation. I wanted I wanted to, um, guys to remember. Number one, your woman has got a very long memory, so she can bring up stuff that happened three years ago during an argument, mm -hmm. and you might not have even forgot that they had actually even happened. So, so don't put yourself in that position. Take care of your, your family, take care of your women, take care of your, your life. And, and things will magically come back to you. Um, it's, it's just a, an amazing thing. I really have enjoyed, you know, I love having you guys here cause you're both so gifted at what you do. Uh, Kim, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, how do they do that? Well, uh, my last name is ridiculous. It has way too many letters. I love the band that went with it and I love the way it sounds, but nobody can ever spell it, but I'm literally the only Kim Sorrell spelled my way in the entire world. But there's two R's, two L's, two E's, S-O-R-R-E-L-L-E, KimSorrell.com, Kim at KimSorrell.com. Shoot me an email. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm on the socials, LinkedIn. And I love hearing from people. And so uh, drop me a note. And you can also go to Amazon or a bunch of other places and pick up Love Is. That is the book that she's written mm -hmm. as well, right? Right. Yes. It's It's everywhere. So wherever you want to get it, get it. <laughs> it's it's a great title because people that ought to, that's that's a page turner. People automatically pick that up, going, "I want to know what love is." What I is it? That's <laughs> yeah. a great title. <laughs> that's me intrigued. Like, ooh, I want to know. 
So Dana, what what do you what do you think of this conversation that we've been having today? I love this. And and Kevin, you know, you really highlighted some things that she said for the men out there and I want to highlight something for the women. Just highlight some some mic drops that Kim shared with us is uh seeing your significant other as a paycheck. Check, that's a, a mental check for all of us. For all of us that that maybe have that experience and noting too that it doesn't matter how confident your partner is. It doesn't matter how um, how uh, they show up, they can feel how you feel about them, whether you say it or not. And so I think the power of words and the power of expressing our, our gratitude and our appreciation for the smallest of things and our significant others can make a huge shift. And that's my takeaway from what Kim shared is those little moments of uplifting and building our partners in significant small moments um, I think is is a really profound takeaway that we all could work on and really choose into to make a difference because everyone deserves to be uplifted and told how amazing they are. And it, it doesn't matter how much they believe it. I mean, I have a cute little 12 year old over there that's, that I'm like, do you know that I love you? And he's always like, I know. And I'm like, good. And I just keep telling him because everyone really does want to hear that. And I think that that's it's an important thing that that Kim just highlighted for us that I wanted to know for the women out there, lift, uplift, and build those cute men and partners in your life. That's transformational for a relationship. And if you want to make somebody happy and they're a football plan or football fan, please let them watch the dang game before they have to take out the garbage. Okay. <laughs> yeah. and, and you know, one better Kevin is learn how to love football. I I love watching football. I I love cuddling on the couch with my husband and watching football. Mm -hmm. It's really a great sport. Like watch it. Mm -hmm. The more you can do together, the better, right? So good. Good advice. Alone, but yeah, try to do stuff together. Yeah. Enjoy the things and learn the things that are important and matter to them. That's beautiful. Oh, so good. And Kevin, we know now that's important to you. You want to watch the game before you take the trash out. Now you know. Um, there's a story behind that. Do you want to hear the story? I believe it. Yes. I was I was working as a uh, general manager in a restaurant, and as a general manager in a restaurant, I worked an average of sixty hours a week. Uh, one of my selfish pleasures was I wanted to watch the Seahawks game on Sundays. Well, um, my wife at the time had better ideas. She wanted to go garden and she wanted to do this, but she didn't want to do it alone. She didn't want me to just relax and enjoy what I was, what it was a selfish pleasure for me. And so it was, can you get up and do this? Can you get up and do this? Well, uh, I'm sad to say that there was a hole in the, in the door because (laughs) I was so angry that uh that i didn't mean to put a hole in the door it just you know kind of happened but but and we all need to take care of each other and and be kind to one another and and somebody is really if somebody's as an example i don't watch uh, uh dances with the stars and but my my or survivor my my but my wife at the time loved that show so we would sit there and we would watch Survivor and and I would that was okay and I put up with it and it was you know I tried to deal with it to be to be kind to be loving and it also made the house less volatile. Um, mm-hmm. So 
that's that we can do that we we can be kind to one another can't we kim that's that's kind of my yes. my mission in life is let's just be kind right love is kind love is kind mm -hmm. i mean yes absolutely you know it's it's funny because we we when we walk down the aisle we're so in love right we we mm -hmm. call it in love we love this person so much we can't wait to spend the rest of their our lives with them we're so happy you go on this great honeymoon and you come home and he leaves his dirty underwear on the bedroom floor. And you're thinking, why did I marry this barbarian? Like, what <laughs> is wrong with this man? But we have to separate the things that people do from the person. Mm. Because we, we do things because they're habit. We do things because we've always done things that way. Mm. We do things because that's what our dad did. That's what our mom did. You know, whatever it is. And you have to kind of relearn things and some things you're not going to relearn. Some things you're just going to continue to do the way that you did them. So you separate the things from the person. You love the person and the person is not dirty underwear guy. That, that's not who it is. His name is Jeff. Just love Jeff. Just love him. Well, part of that depends on how dirty the underwear is. Oh, that's so good. He's not the dirty underwear guy. He is Jeff. <laughs> He's a who, person <laughs> who can somehow find a way to soil underwear like no other. Anyway. <laughs> Even then, he's a person. I and love that, Kim. So well said. Yes, there, there was a gal that I knew that that uh, tried to keep the perfect house so much so that she actually folded and put away his underwear. Mm -hmm. I'd never known anybody to fold underwear and then put it away. Well, they're no longer married because it wasn't real. And, uh, and so they, you be real with each other and yeah. care for each other. Yeah. And, uh, um, Kim, you, you are such a pleasure to have here. You've only, we've only got two minutes left. Um, I leave it to you. Give us some, uh, a, a moment of advice. We're not mind readers. Your, your partner, your kids, no, nobody is a mind reader. And often we expect our minds to be right. Why doesn't he understand what I want? Why doesn't he know what I'm thinking? But that's us putting expectations on somebody, right? But they don't read our minds. You know, if there are couples that get in trouble because she needs romance. This was me. I needed romance. I love romance. Love it. Love it. My husband told me that because he's left-handed, he's not romantic. And I told him, well, because I'm right-handed, I can't mow the lawn. So he didn't do romance. Some people do it. Some people don't. And when I made the decision that it's okay for me to do it, you know, gender stuff out the window, it's okay for me to do it. I would create these romantic weekends, these romantic moments. And I loved it. I loved mm -hmm. it. So talk things out. Don't expect your mind to be read talk things out, be real with people and be present, be fully present in there. And uh, Kim, thank you very much. Very much. Go to Kim Sorrell, two R, two L's, two E's.com and uh, get her book and, uh, and work with her. She's really good. Dana also is innerworldmovement.com. Uh, you can go to, to her website and find out all the great things about her. And Dana, I give you the honor. I always end the show with, be kind to everyone because each other's all we've got. So you get to say that on the way out. Well, everyone be kind because each other is all we've got. 
Close. Not close. <laughs> Kevin. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you at uh, 3 o'clock on Kixie. <laughs>